It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com, fast-paced white knuckle racing, just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Not only can you turn laps on their indoor road course, but you can also turn laps on any racetrack on iRacing in a fully uh, immersive five-point actuator seat. It's insane. It's fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You guys better get over there during the wintertime and uh, hone those racing skills that you have uh, worked on all summer long. Don't let them go dull for next season. Get over to Joe's Carding at Council Bluffs and uh, keep your, your reaction times high. You heard him right there. Driver of the number five race saver sprint car throughout the area and the number 23 S360 sprint car throughout the area. Superman Stu Snyder joining us on the show and uh, Stu, you know, you're kind of our de facto sprint car guy. So when stuff kind of started going south down at, at uh, Belleville, I wanted to get you on the show. But unfortunately, you were one of those guys that were caught in the uh, stuff going south. I want to start off. Uh, clarify for me real quick. What is the rate weight rule for for the uh, uh, race saver sprint cars down there? 1550. 1550. I was thinking it was 1530, but 1550. Yeah, 1550 is the weight rule, and we have weight bolted on our cars, added to them, you know, added to this car to make sure that we make weight, and, well, we didn't. Yeah. We filled a 28-gallon tank as full as it would go, and we burned off two tires, completely bald, just, be, you know, just the way the racetrack ended up being. I mean, it was still put on a hell of a great show. It just sucks that a, that a scale is the determining factor on, you know, well, you Kyle Jones winning. I guess I'd probably be a lot more mad at, at myself or or at somebody had we won the thing and then got disqualified. Um, and then me not making weight. And I don't know how many others didn't make weight because they only weighed four. And it, I wasn't down there. I only saw that. And I only put pieces of what your dad and, and you and other people have posted. Uh, obviously, Kyle Jones uh, didn't uh, didn't scale or didn't make scale. So he was heavy all, or he was light also. And um and you didn't, yeah, but yeah. Uh, did anybody else in the top four not make it? As far as I know, Jeremy Campbell made it by a couple pounds, and Luke Cranston made it a couple pounds. I did never see the 74B roll across the scale, but I'm sure he probably did. Um, I was to the point where after three times of going across the scale and them telling me, one one official telling me to go to Tech that they weren't going to use the scales because they've got to be wrong because we've all been good all week and now we're not. So they're not using the scale. Then another official telling me, well, we are going to use the scale and you're, you're illegal. So I just got out of the car and left my car, sit on the scales like an unprofessional little baby and <laughs> got on my mule and drove that sucker right back to the trailer and didn't go back to the infield. <laughs> my crew got my car back to the trailer for me and we loaded up before the rainstorm hit. And I had a crown and coke and went to sleep. Those officials, I mean, it has nothing to do with Belleville with their with with what they've got going on you know they hire that deal in and, and normally we don't have this problem but we had the same problem last year mm -hmm. they don't make specialty parts for a race say for a 305 car you know to make them heavier we're all buying the same equipment that everybody else buys for a sprint car whether it's a world of outlaw team an ascs team or a race saver team i think the weight rule might need to be looked at because we can't buy it's getting harder to buy 
not necessarily heavier parts, but it's just getting harder to find older type stuff that doesn't have the titanium uh, lower drive shaft or the lower, you know, the lower uh, drive tube in the rear end, the lower shaft. You know, it's just they don't make that stuff anymore because why would they? Everybody's buying the ultralight stuff. You know, ASCS weight rule, if I remember correctly, is 1475 wow. right across the board with the driver. Now, that's easy to make. That's not a hard one to make. You can't get any lighter than I would say probably 1,500 pounds with a 360 or with a 305 with the fuel load. You know, we, we had, we finished the other problem um, was they didn't have the lineups correct. And when I say they, that was on the URSS team. It, it, it is, it, once again, it's not reflecting belt. They didn't get the lineups correct back and forth with each other um, from Tommy's crew to Rick's crew as far as where people were supposed to line up. So we literally filled the tank as full as it would go, put a brand new set of tires on it because, hey, we got a shot to win this damn thing because we had a fast car all weekend long. Mm -hmm. And we roll around after the fight, after the push off, we get lined up. They give us the four wide. We do the parade lap. Then after that, we proceed to roll around the track for exactly 10 laps, which is five miles, because nobody knows where the hell they're supposed to line up. Yeah, that's a lot of fuel to burn off. Or Tommy's fault, or especially the track's fault, because we need to know where we line up. But they needed to do something about the fact that we rolled around there for five miles. <laughs> had I had four and a half gallons of fuel, I'd have made weight. And it, I, and with me doing the math on what we had in the car to what we have now, we burn 0.8 gallons a lap. I mean, it's a big old fast half mile. You're never lifting off the throttle. That thing is using max fuel the entire race. But what, what, Love do, you the play, you, but, what do you think you burn on just rolling around a caution lap, so to speak? Well, I think the rule come into effect. If we go 50 laps, we're going to have to stop for fuel. If we go 40, you know, 40, whatever they want to make it, they've got to do something because we had the same thing happen last year. The track ended up taking rubber. We burn off tires and a couple guys didn't make weight. Yeah. And we don't know how many last year didn't make weight because they only weighed until they got to four and then they're like, okay, we're good. Weigh all of them. Weigh everybody. And if 10 or 15 cars out of the 20 that finished the race didn't make weight because of whatever reason, why penalize us? When you I cross guess, the scale. I mean, yeah, we want to make them – we we obviously build these things to make them legal. There's it, we don't build them to cheat. And if you are, you're just a dumbass. But we burned off 22 pounds worth of tires because we actually I got it home right now. Got it out of the trailer. Didn't get it out yesterday because I didn't want to look at it. Got it out. Put it on our digital scales here with the same A feature set of tires. Me just standing on the back of it. Weigh it. Come off the racetrack or off the scale. 15, 13 is what it weighed. So it wasn't the Belleville scale. I'll clear that up. It didn't have nothing to do with their scale. Was it the fact that we rolled around for 10 laps? Because the night before, when we ran second, I rolled across the scale at 1582. I've got 27 pounds bolted to the car. I mean, yeah, it sucks. Is it yeah. on us? Obviously it is because their scales are right. But, well, but You know, but the other thing too is, is, is why are we rolling around for 10 laps trying to figure out where we start? How can you put it on you guys, though, if you filled the tank full? Yeah, I mean, it's as full as it'll go. I mean, yeah, we have an ultralight car, I guess. But my 
my block's not lightened. Uh, we've got 26 pounds bolted to it. I've got an, an engine oil, an oil cooler on it. Like it's got some extra things on it to make it heavy. So I, I mean, car, I don't know. Have you filled the car back up to full and scaled it again? No, that's, no, that's but I can tell you sense. that methanol is seven and a half, seven point six pounds a gallon. Okay. Well, you're confirming that your scales weighed exactly what theirs did. Yeah. Yep. You could, you now we we weighed a little different every time we went on, but it's nothing to worry about. I mean, their scales are correct. Well, and if you come across after a heat, you're going to have some mud on the car. I mean, yeah. You know, I've sat at that scale. I sat at that scale for a lot of years at Sunset Speedway, so I know how that part works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It was not the scales issue, but I also agree that running 10 lineup laps is totally stupid. Well, it's just, I mean, at a little track like Eagle, it probably don't matter, but Belleville is huge. Oh, I know. You know, and we're not just, I, everybody's like, oh, they don't burn that much fuel at idle. Yeah. Okay. Which sprint car driver rolls around the track at idle and loads the car up on fuel? You know, we're cleaning it out. We're getting it a little sideways and maybe put some heat in the tires. We're speeding up. We're slowing down because we're getting pissed off and irritated that it's taking 10 laps to get lined up because these guys didn't know where the hell they started. Um, and, you know, it was just, I guess, a perfect storm happened again. And here we are, you know, and this time I was on the horrible end of the stick. I'm really happy we didn't win it and then have it happen. I mean, with what we got rolling down there, I think we're going to be in a good spot to be able to win one of these. You know, with, 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 with the speed that we had and the speed we had Friday night, you know, I was catching the 74B and was, and was at about at the point where I was trying to figure out where I was going to pass him. And then the yellow come out, stumbled pretty bad on the takeoff. Well, I fixed that for Saturday with, uh, with changing the bypasses a little bit. And, and we had a really good car. You know, we weren't out in the clean air. Obviously, you'd want to, you know, not start eighth. You'd probably want to start in the first two rows. But, uh, you know, we timed in second out of our group and I, I wasn't able to get through my heat. I kind of got pinched and lost some momentum. And it was one of those pinches where it was either going to lift or crash. So I lifted. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I want to come back to this a, a little bit. I, as I was reading your post uh, on your guys' uh, Stu Snyder SLS Motorsports page, I, 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 I want to I'm going to say that I'm surprised, but I, I don't want it to sound like I, I think you're a cheater. But to go through this long of a career and never have any kind of an issue, because, you know, for me, there's a difference between making a mistake and cheating. But mm -hmm. for the rule book, making a mistake is cheating. And, yeah. you know, you're you're pinned. Uh, I think yeah. this. Again, I'm probably playing favoritisms because you and I are friends. I'm a sponsor of you. I like you. I like your crew. So I'm saying this is on the track with just like we've talked about with those those caution line or those uh, the lineup laps that just took way too many and the extra tires that burnt off. Um, but this still it, it, it's it's kind of uh, surprising to me that this is your first time being DQ'd in your career. Yeah, like I, I can't even remember being light. I can't. I've never been disqualified for parts of my cars being not, not what they're supposed to be, or or being illegal. Uh, we've never had any engine issues. You know, we've had fuel issues and pre-tech and stuff like that at nationals. But there was, it was water. You know, it just never was anything in it that we were ever putting in it. Because I don't. What the hell's the point of saying you won if you had to cheat through the son of a bitch? <laughs> that ain't me. That ain't us. That's never been our team. And and you know this whole deal right here. I mean. 
I don't think 30 some pounds was going to matter. I mean, hell, I still didn't win. Yeah. So I, you know, it wasn't something that we had, had done intentionally. I think it was just, you know, like a, a perfect storm to where everything happened. We ran light on fuel. We ran light on tires. Like the tires weren't going to make her another five. And, and once again, you know, it's, I've, I've got to clear it up on my, on my Facebook post that it wasn't the Belleville scales and this don't have anything to do with Belleville per se, as far as the 10 laps rolling around, this is, if you're going to run this type of, of an event and you hire some people to come in and, and take care of it and, and Tommy, you know, always does a good job, but we had an issue with the scoring to where all the lineups were wrong. We had yep. the same issue Friday night and had to wait on heat race lineups. Um, you know, so that, you know, that stuff's got to get cleaned up. And I, I know Drew and, and his team are there at the high banks and the fair board and they want this thing to succeed. And I, I tell you the fans, as loud as i've heard in a couple of years uh the place was packed they had a hell of a good car count weather kind of sucked um you know it rained uh an inch and a half friday night and then it rained directly after pretty much directly after the feature was over so we didn't really get to see much of the fans come to the trailer uh we were kind of in hurry up load mode um but you know i, I don't know i know that they're going to try and do something and they're going to fix it they're going to make it better and they're going to make it to where we aren't in this position to where we could, you know, I guess we're in a non-winning, we're in a lose-lose situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a big old place. Yeah, I get that we want to run as many laps as we can. But, you know, at the same time, it is using a ton of fuel. Yeah, that stuff's uh, not cheap. No, and then, I mean, you know, that's, that's I guess, you know, that's, you know, there, yeah, you should make your car legal. But what the hell is this guy supposed to do? Build his race car and make it legal with no tires on it. You know, uh, we and put no the fuel. we put the yeah no fuel. Like, how the hell is that going to work? These things don't run with with a gallon of fuel in them, especially at Belleville. All the fuel is sucked to the right side of the tank, so it's got to have four or five gallons in it. You know, yeah. so and it, so you can't throw that in there. Um, you know, but I'm sure somebody will. They get a keyboard warrior that'll listen to this interview and just. You know, I'm here just crying about this, crying about that. You know, like I said, I'd be more pissed if I won the thing, but I just want to try and figure out a plan with Belleville because I've I've been in the background helping Drew and helping all these people build this event to where we don't have this happen again because it happened last year and now it happened again this year. And we don't want to kill it with stupid shit happening like this. Yeah. Before you know it, guys will start. Stop coming. Yeah, well, we can't go. Yeah, oh, it's Belleville scale. Well, no, it wasn't the Belleville scale, even though at the time that's what we thought it was. Got it home, put it on ours in the driveway, but then we put our set of tires on it that we had on Friday night that we pretty much, I think, ran for the heat and the feature and weighed 15.52. Yeah, is that cutting it close? Yeah, it's cutting it close. But, you know, I also, you know, they keep joking with me that I shouldn't have went on my diet. Well, I was starting to get a little thick. <laughs> All right. So I decided to do something about it. And yeah, the beginning of the summer, I weighed 100 and almost 90 pounds. And now I weigh 150. So Jesus, there's some weight there, too. But, you know, you still with the IMCA rule. Also, they kind of limit us where we put the weight. So where are we going to put the weight? And how are you safely going to put the weight on the car? That's yeah. the main thing that we always worry about is, okay, yeah, I can put 45 pounds on this car. Where the hell am I going to put it safely to where it doesn't knock the floor pan out or it doesn't come off the car 
and whack somebody. You catch a five-pound disc to the head in a helmet at a car at 120 mile an hour, how do you, you think that's going to turn out? Not great. So I think maybe, um, yeah, we've got an issue. We've got a 305 IMCA race saver issue, in my opinion. I think the weight rule needs to come down. It isn't going to make us any faster. It's going to give us a little bit of a cushion to where we're not worried about having to make weight all the time. We've seen it at Eagle. We've seen it at other series throughout the country. We all have the same equipment, but some of us are missing weight. There's a guy just down the road from you uh, in Eagle that uh, has quite a bit, I I feel like has quite a bit of say over the rules for these cars. Uh, Have Mm -hmm. you had a conversation with him about it yet? No, not yet, but I, I mean, like, you know, every other time it kind of sometimes goes to one ear, one out, out the other, or you talk to IMCA and it goes the same way. They, the, the, the torch gets passed around between phone call to phone call, but I've, you know, I've, I've had some ideas on other things that have gotten shot down and I think this one might need some looking at. We've all got the fire bottles now, so we're all out 1550 and if we're running out of fuel, because of situations that go on on the track with the track stuff or with the series stuff that, you know, we don't get a run from boom. Like, you know, like Roger runs his feature. We push off, we get lined up, we do three, four wide, boom, we're racing. Yeah. There is no bull hit. He would have thrown those two guys out of the race Saturday night had they even made it three laps around that big of a racetrack. I've heard him on the radio when guys can't get lined up. It's... Oh, yeah. He'll black flag when you're done. <laughs> I'm over this. We're going racing with or without you. And if you can't get where you're supposed to be, I'm you're done. Yeah. You know, and maybe that should have happened. Perfectly fine in my book. If you can't, if you don't know how to line yourself up, you've got no right to be on the racetrack. Yeah. And it was the guys that redrew. So tell me how that's possible. Well, yeah. They looked at their phone and their phone said one thing on the app. And then the board was correct off what they drew. Well, between Tommy's team, URSS's team, that never got sent up to the tower to where it was correct so they could put it in the computer correctly so the app was correct, I guess, is what I'm being told. Regardless, we still ran around there for 10 damn laps trying to get lined up after we had done the four-wide salute and the after, you know after the actual first push-off. And, you know, I just I figured it out. Well, we burned a lap. So, we, what, are they going to make us a 45-gallon tank? <laughs> or are they going back the weight rule down? Because it's, it's getting harder to buy cheap shit. How many laps was the feature? 30. 30. And that's the other thing that I've, I've talked to Drew a little bit today down at the track, and we're, we're trying to already come up with ideas to try and resolve this so it doesn't happen again. Because it's, it's I mean, it, it's not, it sucks for us, but it's embarrassing for them too. Because they've got a guy that won the race that was told, just go to the victory lane. We're not going to use the scale. So mm-hmm. he goes to victory lane. And then, you know, seven ten minutes later as the announcer standing there doesn't know what to say to the fans wait you're you know you shouldn't have never came here let's put this other guy up there and campbell raced his butt off too i mean he had a hell of a good race yeah yeah you know, I, it ain't, I, it ain't, yeah it sucks to win a race like that but he still was there and he still was fast so you know just I've been I don't that know, guy. one of them deals you know we've got a we've got a hell of a, a, a good following and some hellacious good partners behind us and we screwed up well, I, I I mean it's 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 great that you're owning up to it, but I mean again, just talking to you about this, I I I don't see it's on you guys. You did everything you could. You put the tires on the car, you put the fuel in the tank. Yeah, should have been well weight overweight. And we've always made weight everywhere else with this car. It's the same car. This thing yeah, 128 shows on it. 
I've tried to order a new one, but it still isn't done. (laughs) So we just, during the winter, we put new parts on it, same parts from the same distributors and same partners that we've got for our products. We put it on the car and we basically have the same old car that we've made weight with everywhere else in the country. You can always try steel wheels. Yeah, if they sell them. <laughs> but, We're talking with Stu Snyder, driver of the uh, number five race saver sprint car and the 360 sprint car throughout the area. Uh, on your schedule, you had uh, plans to be at Beatrice on Friday and Eagle on Saturday, but in your post, you guys have uh, decided to take the weekend off. Is that still the plan? That's probably about 80%. You know, we got Kinley running a, we got Kinley running a cage cart now. You know, after the the shit we dealt, you know, the, the just the cars I was dealt this weekend, we um, planned on not going anywhere. My brother-in-law, his phone. we're probably about 80% to where this thing's just going to hang out. Yeah, you're kind of cutting out there. Is your brother-in-law running Knoxville this weekend? Yeah, he runs his first 410 Nationals. He qualifies Wednesday night. So we're obviously going to watch that from here and then kind of decide what we've got to do. Um, and then, you know, last last Tuesday, my uncle passed away. Hmm. Um, we've got a celebration of, of life for him on Saturday. So that kind of just kind of put the park on all that stuff. Yeah. Well, so. uh, obviously, is a little bit of a selfish guy. I kind of hope that changes. Love to see you down at Beatrice. And, of course, love to uh, yeah, watch Yeah, last Saturday time we were there, Eagles. we won. maybe maybe this is the bounce back you guys need yeah yeah you know i mean hell we we've been fast at eagle still haven't been able to put the thing in victory lane there but i don't know maybe it's coming i mean we had you know we found some things that were bent before we went to belleville that we got replaced and it felt like it was back at 100 percent. we had a lot of speed so hopefully we can maybe just carry that over into the 305 nationals at eagle and, and get uh maybe check that one off the bucket list Got a couple of races lined up in August, but things kind of slow down a little bit. Got the Race Saver Nationals, and you're heading over to uh, Shelby County Speedway, it looks like, for the Tiny Lund. Um, and then back at uh, Eagle for the uh, Stewart Alley Memorial in September, and then Lucas Oil Speedway. Still a lot of races left to go for the uh, three, for the, uh, excuse me, the five in the in the uh, 25S, 23S. Jeez. Yeah, we still got uh, we still got a lot of racing to do, so we ain't, uh, we'll just, you know, I guess my positive outlook, well, we're just going to wash it up and go on to the next one and try and do a little better at that deal. You got anything else you want to talk about with us? Nah, I just got to thank those great partners. JR1 Chassis, Myers Racing Engines, Momentum Racing Suspensions, Squirrel Fire Apparel, Osby Power, KD Trucking, Mr. Yards and More, Takeoff Tire, Taylor Computers, Simpson Ring Products, Bully Brand, and uh, newer tools come on board. You got me now? Yeah, you're kind of cutting out there. If you want to re- try to repeat all that after Bully Brands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Them. Well, I, I don't know if I said Taylor Computers, but we got them on board. Mac Good. Tools, uh, we're actually working with them to build us uh, like a sprint car uh, maintenance kit that'll be affordable for teams um, to where they could have everything they need right there in the nose wing tray. And, and uh, yeah, I guess if I cut out and I forgot anybody, well, I'm, I apologize, but I don't know. We'll just keep digging. Well, how about those guys that got you a best appearing car and best appearing helmet down there at Belleville? There, yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, I said that when I cut out. Yeah, shell shock and Noah painted up a sweet helmet and Harris decals and Wade left designs. Come up with a cool looking car and Josh designed this one and 
uh, Kaiser wheels, of course. I, I still say he makes the best wheels on the planet. So we'll uh, we'll keep trying to make them spin fast, and maybe we can put a little weight on them. Stu Snyder, man, uh, if you do end up taking the weekend off, try to recharge, enjoy yourself a little bit, let the crew relax, and then uh, get back at it just in time for the Race Saver Nationals. Yep, for sure. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, tough time to come on and talk with us, but I appreciate you stepping up and uh, having a chat. Oh, no problem. Stu Snyder, driver of the number five and the 23S. We'll see you soon at the racetrack, man. Thanks, Sounds Stu. Good, buddy. Thanks, guys. See, see you, guys. guys. See you. That was Stu Snyder once again of SLS Motorsports. Again, driver of the number five race saver sprint car and the 23S 360 sprint car. Do have a little bit of trivia. We've got a bunch of tickets that uh, were allocated for uh, some high noon fans, but they haven't used them out of Eagle Raceway yet. So we're going to give them away on the front stretch. I got a four pack of adult tickets available right now. Here's your trivia question. I hope you were listening closely to Stu's interview. When he crossed the scale Friday night at Belleville, what was his weight? He said a very specific weight, and it was slightly different than what they posted on their Facebook page. So if you got to rewind it, go back and listen to it. First person to comment the question correctly, the answer correctly to the question, uh, in the link to the uh, podcast on the Front Stretch Facebook page is going to win themselves a four-pack of tickets to um, any race in August, not named the Race Saver Nationals at Eagle Raceway. So you've got August 12th, 19th, and 26th to use these tickets. They don't all have to be used at once. If you want to use two this weekend, two next weekend, or however you want to, they are available. So once again, what weight did Stu Snyder say he crossed the scale on Friday of the uh, Belleville uh, Nationals? Uh, again, last Friday. So first person to comment that in the link to this podcast on the Front Stretch Facebook page is going to win themselves a four-pack of tickets. That make that now crystal these, clear as mud? Are these are these tickets admission to the race, or are they to get a high noon at the races? They're uh, admission tickets. Okay. And there will be plenty of high noon available. So each one well, is, a, I, is good for an adult ticket. I just wanted to clear up a little of that mud. Yeah, thank you. I, I know that I can try to say things correctly, but it's always good to have you kind of bounce back and say, well, <laughs> now, hold on, what the hell are you saying there? I want to add something because I'm still on this and my mind goes a lot of different ways being a tech guy for so long. Yeah. But, uh, remember when we spoke with Charger Chassis about the new uh, old cop car class and, and yeah. whatnot that they're coming out with? Yeah, the Crown Vic class. Said, right. And I kept saying you know, that this thing will evolve, you know, that's how limited late models started, used chassis, used tires, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's how race savers started. That's why the weight was made where it was at. So people wouldn't buy, you know, spend the extra or double the price to buy the lightweight part because mm -hmm. they needed the weight. So they would buy that. And now it's evolved. Nobody has it. You know, yeah. you're right back to another class evolving itself kind of I don't want to say out of business because it's nowhere near that, but it does need a rule change. It sounds like to me, just you something know, to update, cut, cut 25 pounds or, or something. Yeah. I mean, I was joking with him about steel wheels, steel wheels would cure his problem, but it's totally impractical. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back to number two. We're going to talk a little bit of local news, a little bit of national news. We're going to recap the race that was the Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan and oh, so much more. Hang tight. Dirk and I'll be right back on the front stretch.
Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Dealing with a slow computer should not be a part of your daily grind. You may be thinking it's time for a new computer, but it may actually not be. A hard drive upgrade from Taylor Computers and Repair could be just what your computer needs. I know computer lingo can be pretty confusing at times, but let me put it to you this way. You're running your race car at I-80 Speedway when it's geared for Eagle Raceway. It's not that you need a new race car or a new computer at that, it's that you just need to re-gear it. That's where a hard drive upgrade comes into effect. Windows 10 was simply not designed to run on old style hard drives, so getting a new solid state drive will drastically speed up your computer. The best part is, all of your files and settings are going to be exactly how you left them when you get your computer back. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or find me on Facebook, Tailored Computers and Repair. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lumen Council Bluffs. Make sure you enjoy all the sights, sounds, smells, and tastes that the official watering hole of the front stretch, Quaker Steak and Lube, has to offer. Get down to Quaker Steak and Lube seven days a week. Uh, they've been closed here and there a little bit for some upgrades, so uh, just make sure you check their Facebook page if you think maybe they're going to be closed. But typically, it's a pretty safe and sure bet that uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they're going to be wide open enjoying some great food. Dirk, uh, we unfortunately have to start off uh, turn number two with uh, some uh, tough news for uh, a lot of us that worked out at I-80 Speedway. Mike Rusco, who was, I want to say, a uh, maintenance worker, but I I think that's a little demeaning to him and not to talk down to maintenance workers, but I kind of saw uh, Mike as the glue that held uh, a lot of the uh, mechanical pieces together at I 80 Speedway. Uh, Mike unfortunately passed away last week at uh, at the age of 68. Uh, he actually passed away on Monday, July 31st. Mike was a great dude. I can't say enough nice things about him. I uh, anytime I needed anything, I'd call Joe or Steve and say, "Hey, uh, can we get this for the booth?" And their first response was, "Call Mike." called Mike and my, and uh, I'd be on the phone with it for 20 minutes. I'd learned five things I didn't know I needed to know, but I knew them then. And, uh, and then it, it'd be done by the next week. And uh, that was kind of my, re- my interaction with Mike, uh, just a, a great guy, great all American dude, amazing person within the racing industry. And uh, I read uh, the post that I think it was uh, Robbie, uh, Rob Kaziski put out really amazing, heartfelt post. Uh, just giving all the praise in the world to Mike and uh, tough loss for the uh, racing community. Well, he grew up around Mike. I mean, Mike crewed for Steve Kaziski for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen Mike around the track. Well, I'm going to say at least since the early to mid eighties, I guess, probably when I first saw him around the track and, and uh, he was always with Steve at all his Bush all-star tour and, and stuff like that. And, uh, then obviously he transitioned over to helping with the track when, uh, you know, Steve got out of the racing industry. So Robbie would have known him growing up. I mean, you know, he would have been in the shop all the time helping on the race. Club, so yeah, but he, he was that, a good guy. 
him and Mike had a lot of times driving to and from the racetrack and Mike was a major part of teaching him how to grow up and how to be a man. And that just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's, I, I don't want to say that's the way the world works, even though it is, but, um, you know, I got a few years on you and I'm to the point where this is becoming a lot more common, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't, I don't want to say I'm getting numb to it because that's, that's not the right way to put it, but, um, used to it. It's yeah. It's that one of the, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a weird line to like, but I think it was in the movie, Indiana Jones and the crystal skull. They were talking something and, and one of the characters says to Indy, we've reached that point in our life when God stops giving us people and starts taking them from us. And that's just a natural part in life. I mean, you grow up for 50 years, you meet new people. And then, you know, the next 30, 40 years that you're on this planet, you just slowly watches people depart ahead of you. You know, it, yeah. it's life, but it sucks. But I don't know. This one hit hard. Yeah. Well, somebody you had a lot of interaction with for four or five months a year for the last several years, you know, so. Yeah. Kind of the opposite for me. I used to see him all the time during the summer for a lot of years. And then, you know, for the last several, I've talked to him a few times when I see him at the track, but didn't see him near as much as I used to. So, Great guy. All right. Let's move on to a little bit of news. Sounds like Martin Truex Jr. is going to be heading back to Joe Gibbs Racing. He announced yeah. uh, this week at... Uh, I believe in Michigan that uh, he had signed a deal to return to Joe Gibbs racing. Uh, is it just for the 2024 season or is it a multi-year deal? Um, it sounded to me like it was just a, a one year deal right now. Um, he said he was, uh, he said they got it done and he was happy that it was done. So I don't think he wanted to go into the playoffs with this hanging around. Yeah. It's amazing what this distraction can do. I mean, you you go to every racetrack over the next, what, we have 14 weeks left, I think, in the season. And you're trying to fight for a championship. You're trying to focus on on what you need to do to, to stay focused and to win races and to get points. And everybody wants to know, are you coming back? Are you, are you going to be at Joe Gibbs Racing? Are you moving on to somewhere else? It's not one question. It's 10 questions. And then it gets to the regular questions. It it it, it could it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it can really really task a guy. Well, it's it's just if you get asked fifteen times while you're walking from the hauler out to your car before the race, yeah, it's in your head. Yeah. And you, know? you you've probably got things you want to say, but you can't because you're in negotiations or the deal's already done, but the sponsors aren't lined up, so you can't say anything. And you're just like, man, I just want this to get over with. Uh, but at that, at that point, when you're walking out to the car, you don't want any of that stuff in your head. You want to know, you know, the the plan that you've talked about with your crew chief and your engineer. And, yeah, you know, we need to get to this point in the race and then see what we've got. And then we can do this and then we can do that. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then all of a sudden he's strapping into the car and he goes, man, he goes, I should really negotiate this into my deal, you know. And that just doesn't do the driver or the team any good. So getting it out of the way, you know, now he doesn't have to mess with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm reading the transcript of him, you know, making the announcement and it, it's back and forth. I don't know if it was a single reporter or several reporters, but he, he just says, 
I'm coming back. And the question was asked why. And he said, because I want to, and kind of giggled a little bit, but this is kind of interesting. He says it is a year by year deal at this point. And he says, yes. And he kind of goes on to talk a lot about what we were, what we're kind of talking about, but yeah. So that, that one has been laid to rest. Martin Truex Jr. Will remain in the 19 uh, for the, foreseeable future 2024 season at least with the uh the contract with uh joe gibbs racing also got some news uh, i think earlier oh, was it well i guess it was on saturday it would have been right that uh noah gregson had been suspended by well first legacy motorsports made the decision to pre-suspend him they pulled him out of the car uh, for a post he made on social media and then nascar reviewed it and uh, decided that uh, he was violating member uh, conduct section of the 2023 NASCAR rulebook and placed him under indefinite suspension. I got a big correction in what you just said. He didn't post anything. He liked a post was all he did. Oh, I thought he shared it out too. Well, I, I didn't see on what I saw that he shared it. All I saw is somebody posted a picture of the post and it said, Noah, and 75,000 other people like this post. Yeah. No, you know, I, I saw that he'd shared it out also. Yeah, well, I hadn't seen that. Um, obviously, it wasn't anything that happened recently. You know, I mean, for those who haven't seen it, it had to do with the Floyd case in Minnesota. Well, that is kind of relevant right now because they just, uh, the, the last uh, police officer just got um, sentenced, I think, Monday. Yeah, well, I, I don't look at that as relevant when it happened two years ago. Um, a lot of people were, were talking about, did he like this 16, 18 months ago, or did he like it last week? Nobody has the answer to that, but it doesn't matter. If he liked it a year and a half ago and Legacy signed him, then they look like a fool, you know, in a lot of people's eyes. To me, I don't care about this kind of crap, you know. Yeah. I'm I, just like, you know, I, that's his opinion. It's his opinion. I don't care. I don't think it it makes legacy look bad because if he liked it a year and a half ago, it's a like on a social media. It's it, they can't go through everything with a fine tooth comb. But when they're standing a driver. They sure as hell can. Well, but they can't. You can't look through every. You literally cannot look through things that people like. It it's well, not. Then, it's, they then they shouldn't have suspended him for it. And legacy well, suspended him and turned him into NASCAR. He suspend he, he I don't know I, in, in my opinion he was an idiot he shouldn't have liked this in, in my personal opinion it's making fun of a situation that a man lost his life and I'm not a fan of that whether you think it's funny whether you think it's cute whether you think it's racist in my book it just that's not funny stuff to me and I don't care but it, it what is ironic to me is that so many people don't like Noah Gregson until legacy motorsports kicks him out of the car and NASCAR suspends him. And all of a sudden NASCAR's the bad guy and, and legacy motorsports is just being too woke, but well, they didn't like him on Friday. Cause he was an arrogant asshole and they wanted him out of NASCAR, but all of a sudden he's, he's now kicked out for, for reasons of violating member conduct policies. And, <laughs> and now they want to be like, Oh no, we like Noah. Well, there were people that liked him, and so you don't know if these are the same people that are flip-flopping or not, but I totally agree with you um, that I think, uh, me personally, I think there's more to this story than meets the eye. I really do. I think Legacy's not happy with his what he's put on the racetrack this year, mm-hmm. and they've got a chance to dump him. Mm-hmm. You and, and I are on the exact same page, my friend. And I've read several other things 
about it's already been announced that Legacy's moving to Toyota and they wanted to bring other drivers in and didn't want Noah around. Yeah. So I I think I totally agree with you. Whether that's right or not, that's the world. <laughs> I mean, I've I've told people for a long time, listen, my primary job for a majority of my adult life has been sales. You get fired in sales if you suck at sales or you piss your bosses off. And they're going to find a reason. And that's what Legacy, well, Legacy didn't go find a reason. Noah gave him a reason. I think you're absolutely right. They were looking forward to finding a way to get him out of that car. Well, Whether they somebody, had to make the tough decision and fire him at the end of the year or not, he's out now. Yeah, I mean, we have no idea what his contract was. You know, we had no idea if maybe he had to get in the top 20 in points to keep his ride. I don't know. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that can be put in a contract like that. But this, if that's what they're trying to do is get rid of him, somebody dropped dime on him. Maybe it's the guy that's trying to get the seat for Toyota. <laughs> started digging. Who knows? Maybe you're. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, this is it's. And by the way, he's not getting picked on by anybody. Denny Hamlin was suspended for the, for an, he was he was placed on indefinite suspension for violating violating member content is the exact same thing as Noah. Denny went through sensitivity training. He was allowed to be reinstated and he got his ride back. When the only Denny part of that that's going to be different is that Denny got his ride back. I think you and I are in the agreement that if Noah goes through sensitivity training and NASCAR reinstates him, Legacy's probably not going to give him his ride back. I don't think so. I mean, but when did Denny Hamlin go through this? I know Kyle Larson went through it. Okay, so after review, after reading the actual article, they didn't suspend him, but they made him complete sensitivity training prior to him uh, getting to race. Boy, this is it, you're. I think we're we're splitting hairs as far as comparing it to, to Noah's deal. Cause NASCAR or legacy suspended him on Saturday. Correct. I was thinking I saw it on Thursday or something or Wednesday or Thursday. It looks like it was all on Saturday. So legacy motorsports at 10 30 in the morning tweeted that we have made, or excuse me, they X'd, I think is the new term now that they have made the decision to suspend Noah Gregson effective immediately regarding his actions that do not represent the values of our team. Josh Berry will drive the number 42 entry for this weekend NASCAR Cup Series race at Michigan. So I think it was on Saturday. Well, it sure sure seemed like it was earlier in the week than that, but yeah. So maybe their 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 thought. Well, I, I, first off, we know that Legacy. We don't know. We feel that Legacy has no interest in letting Noah go through rehabil or go through sensitivity training and get his get his right back we kind of feel like this is an op this is an opportunity for them to get him out of the car, which they were looking for anyways. Um, but as He's far as NASCAR goes there, there really wasn't time for him to complete sensitivity training like Denny Hamlin had time. So that's the only kind of difference I'm seeing between the two, but you know, it does kind of seem like I think there's definitely an argument to be made that Denny Hamlin being a, uh, superstar in the sport was given a little bit more opportunity to maintain his his ride and his point standing. Well, you know, a new car owner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was a lot, lot more involved. You know, like you said, Denny Hamlin's a hitter in the sport. He's not, you know, uh, a rookie driver like Gregson. Yeah, but and by suspending Denny, you really affect uh, a lot of a lot of things down the road. Uh, I can't, I think that was a year ago at Talladega. So it wasn't during the playoffs yet, but 
that could have affected him getting into the playoffs, which then affects more revenue for his charter, which then affects more uh, potential bonuses, which affects sponsors on down the line. Noah is probably not getting into the playoffs anyways. Um, I don't, I don't see him in really anywhere close to it prior to this race. So I, I don't think he was his suspension, I guess is what I'm saying. His suspension doesn't have the, the longstanding effects like Denny's would have. Well, it's just the quick, it's just the big impact. It's not yeah. the impact, not there that, that ha- a suspension of Hamlin would have had. Now he is going to complete sensitivity training. I mean, NASCAR's got a president precedent yeah. for that already. Yeah. And he's going to complete that and he's going to get his reinstatement. However you want. I don't know how legacy will work it out. And, and if they're going to make NASCAR, you know, well, don't even let him do the sensitivity training until November <laughs> or something like that. I don't know what's going to go on there, but there'll be teams that will pick that kid up. He's a talented driver. Yeah. And see, that's where you and I disagree. Oh, okay. <laughs> he comes with a lot more baggage than he's worth, though, in my opinion. He's one of the guys that kind of had a checkbook coming up through. You know, um, mm-hmm. he won some races. I'm not going to say he did, but. There's other guys that are winning races that I think that have a lot more talent, but when they get to this level, they don't transition well. Maybe is what I'm looking for. Yeah, you know, you had a guy like Justin Allgaier was in cup for a couple of years and really didn't do anything, but he's a hitter. And when you drop him down into the Bush nationwide Xfinity, whatever yeah. it's going to be called next season, you know, he's a title contender there. Yeah. It, 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 it's it kind of funny. It, it works in the opposite effect too. I think we can always look back at Jimmy Johnson who struggled in the Xfinity series, but getting up into cup, he obviously had a, a worthwhile career. Uh, and Tony Stewart too. He, he did all right in the Xfinity series. He didn't, he didn't really spend a lot of time down there. So he, he really didn't have an opportunity to light the world on fire. But once he got up into cup, that was really where he excelled. Oh, well, yeah, that's his, his time in, uh, and the lower divisions was, was very, very limited. I mean, the sponsors wanted him up there. They wanted the name recognition. You know, he got accelerated. He already, he'd already gone 220 miles an hour at Indy, you know, yeah. um, a lot of these guys that come up and get in a truck or an Xfinity car don't have that. You know, there's a lot of stuff like that. That's, that's changed over the years, but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't see Noah back in a legacy car this year. Um, I'm not sure if they can keep him suspended off their team if he's unsuspended by NASCAR. Again, I don't know what their contract actually stipulates. Um, But if they're going to get rid of him, they need to get rid of him and uh, uh, let him go find another ride if he can. Yeah, I I think uh, because there's an important differential here. Uh, NASCAR reinstating him just means he's eligible to race for a team again under a NASCAR license. Doesn't mean he's going to get a ride. He, he may be out of a ride until next season when he can, he can line up a new uh, opportunity and, and sponsors and such. Um, We'll have to wait and see what happens. Who knows? Uh, But yeah, again, the the first step is he has to complete the sensitivity training, uh, which I don't know. I, I can't imagine it's probably more than like an eight hour video or conference or I don't know who, what it would be, but just basically saying, Hey, <laughs> these things are wrong. These things are right. It's, we've all been through the sexual harassment training in, in corporate HR. So we've all been through those horribly outdated videos that make unreasonable 
scenarios <laughs> and kind of giggled at him because you're like, well, that never happens. I got a, I got a, I've been through it with NASCAR. Mm. I went through it. I don't think they did it the first couple of years I was up there. I want to say probably 2002 or 2003 was the first year I had to sit through like four hours of that. Yeah. And uh, we did it every year, you know, the refresher or whatever you want to call it. But uh, I'd walk out at the track and see it all day long and nothing ever happened about it. Yeah. And I'm being, being very literal. Well, I listen, I, I, I'm not doubting that. I'm not doubting it at all. I, I think you absolutely watched it happen because I, I went through the same sexual harassment training and yet just being in the radio industry that I said things that were inappropriate to women. And years later I found them again and apologized because it was just a time of joking, but it was incredibly, incredibly insensitive. There's been a culture change of now you go through this training. This is what you're not supposed to say. And now we got to start enforcing it. But anyways, we're getting into to levels that are not racing related, but no one's got to take some sensitivity training. Related. What's that? <laughs> My stories would be racing related. <laughs> uh, Noah's got to take some sensitivity training and, uh, and and we'll see what happens. We'll obviously keep you guys up to date over the next couple of weeks. You got anything else for local news? Uh, no, except all the hubbub on social media about sprint cars running at Beatrice on Friday night. But... Yeah, it's I, I hope that a bunch of people show up, but I I think uh, I'm going to I'm going to kind of put the blame on the fair board for Beatrice. They they didn't play in this race out quite right. And and they have they've done a lot to uh to screw up a good situation where guys wanted to come and race at Beatrice. I just want to clarify and make it very, very clear. I am not diminishing what Tommy Denton has done. I think he's doing a fantastic job, but uh I think he is uh, a little uh hamstrung, a little bit uh has his hands tied behind his back and he can't do the right things. They need to be done to get sprint cars out there and also scheduling a sprint car race over Knoxville nationals. Uh, I'm not sure that was the best idea, but I haven't met a promoter in my life. So I, I should probably reserve my opinion for years after I've been a promoter and I can understand it a little bit better, but. No, um, you still got your opinion and it still matters. I mean, you know, it might not matter to the right people, but when you're having a conversation and you've got a platform to, to state your, your case, I said, if you remember correctly, when they ran their first sprint car race, I thought that was really stupid hammering on Denison on Friday night that has been trying now for a couple of years to put their sprint car program together. Yeah. I thought they really stepped on Denison's toes, but that's what they were doing. And the racers had their choice. Well, obviously, if it's 120 miles to drive one place and 40 or 50 to drive to the other, you're probably going to stay closer to home. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know it. I, Beatrice has had their problems, but I I would really love to see a bunch of sprint car guys go out there and and race. So far, looking at the post on uh, James Rowland's page, um, it doesn't sound like there's going to be a lot of guys. But if there is uh, over twelve cars, uh, Taylor Computers and Repair and Rowland Race News have purchased a right rear sprint car tire, race saver sprint car tire, that they're going to give away to a random position. And uh, it's a good paying race. I mean, I think it's a thousand, then six hundred for second, four sixty for third, four hundred for fourth, and three sixty for fifth. It's a decent paying race. So if you got a sprint car, you're not doing anything on Friday. Get out to Beatrice. I I, I would love to see a, a full field, and I would love to see a great racetrack. So hopefully that those things can happen, and and um, and they can go race. So we'll see what happens on Friday. But we'll talk more about that on Thursday's episode. 
All um, right, let's talk about the results from Michigan. The Firekeepers Casino 400 got delayed a little bit under midway through the race on Sunday. They had to complete it on Monday, and Chris Busher goes back-to-back. Uh, 41 points on the day, finished 10th in Stage 2, did not finish in the top 10 in Stage 1. And then, uh, like I just mentioned, he uh, won the race, so 41 points. Big points getter of the day, though, was Martin Truex Jr., one stage one, one stage two, second on the day, and uh, 55 total points. Did you get a chance to watch the conclusion of the race today? Yes, I did. Sorry, as I say and, that, I mean on Monday. Yeah, it, it started out uh, uh, with a rain delay. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they ended up starting a half an hour late. Uh, then they ran a whole bunch of yellow flag laps before they actually threw the green because it started – sprinkling i think it was in one and two one of the turns but it was after a whole bunch of guys they were going to need to make a fuel stop is what it amounted to so about half the field made a fuel stop and i had ty gibbs in the race who was on the track in 11th position when the rain delay hit yesterday so he's one of the guys that goes back so he comes back out like 23rd and then they ran a whole bucket full of yellow flag laps and none of the guys had to stop for gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that kind of, you know, that screwed me, but you know, that's just whatever. I, I don't think NASCAR was doing who the hell did dirt take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe they've been doing that for me for all season long. Yeah. Well, I was then, and that's another thing. I mean, you had Christopher Bell who lost it all by himself and backed it into the wall, shortened the car up, but they kept after it when uh, that was when the, you know, the red flag came and man, they had so much tape and everything else on the back of that car. <laughs> um, they cut off part of the right rear quarter panel behind the tire. They worked with the diffuser to get it up off the ground. I mean, there was a lot of stuff they did and uh, he was very fast with that goofed up race car that he had you know he ended up finishing 13 16th 13th 13 okay. and uh when they listed out i saw the list of cars going back to the r&d they were taking a couple for the engine dyno they were taking a couple for this a couple for that but that car didn't go back i w- i wish that car would have gone back so they could have taken it apart and say how did he go so fast with this car so tore up yeah I mean, I've got my own idea. My own idea is the back end was down low enough that his splitter was out of the air and he didn't have the drag. That's just my personal opinion, but I don't know. That it might have been something with that diffuser. Maybe they hung that up and got it up out of the wind underneath the car. I don't know. Yeah. But the fact that they don't take it back and take a look at it, you just go, what the hell? So, and I want to clarify too, just for anybody that might be mistaken, you're not necessarily saying they need to take it back to see if he was cheating in any way. They need to take it back for data on what they did to make that car raceable and then take that information could be incredibly valuable later on down the road when making changes to this car. Well, and it could also be that they did cheat. Yeah. You know, if they pulled the diffuser up into a spot that it shouldn't be, you know, then then, you know, they didn't disqualify him at the track. But you know, like I said, but the data is what, what would be important to me. If they take that car and start taking some measurements on it, hell, hey, the spoiler's two inches lower than it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Well, he backed it into the wall. So it's not like he got out and adjusted the spoiler. He adjusted the spoiler at 180 miles now, you know. Um, yeah. But I would just like to know how he did it. Sounds like the car of the five, the 22 will all go back to the R&D center. 
the five ninety nine twenty two and twenty three will go back to the R and D center for engine dyno. The seven and the sixteen will all go to Concord, North Carolina for wind tunnel testing. So, as you mentioned, the uh, twenty of Christopher Bell not involved in that. Right, exactly. You know why the heck he wouldn't have been taken back to the R and D is beyond me. Um, all right, but let's. They didn't call me and ask me. Chris Buescher ends up getting the win. Martin Trucks Jr. in second. We mentioned both of those. Then it was Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, and Kyle Larson. Back-to-back top tens for both uh, RFK cars. Are we seeing a trend, Dirk? Well, yeah. I I think they've turned the corner. I think they did that earlier this year. Um, I mean, Buescher can drive. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, no doubt about that. But uh, I think the team's really gelling right now, and I think they're going to be a handful when it comes playoff time. Um, We will wait and see. Uh, We'll see what they do the next couple weeks. That was the the first time the number 17 had been back-to-back since like 2010 when Matt Kenseth did it. Wow. Uh, If I didn't mention it, Kyle Larson ends up finishing fifth. Then it was Suarez, Chastain, Harvick, Blaney, and Jones rounding at your top 10. I think I cut you off a little bit there. Look at uh, you got that NASCAR page up there with the points on the right side. Yeah. Look at how goofy the points are 41 for the winner, 55 for second place. Oh, I see what you're saying. 37 for third place. And then you got a couple of 40s in fourth and fifth. Then the next highest car for points after fifth is I think the 18th place car above a Wallace 35. <laughs> He's got more. He got more points than the sixth through 17th place cars. Yeah. And then what Tony Gibbs was in there at 11th with 34, et cetera, and on down. But it was, it was just a crazy mixed up race. Um, the only race and race and racing was at the front. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Truex had the fastest car. He went for a pass with seven or eight laps to go. He was going underneath, uh, Busher in one and two, and he was probably going to pass him. And Busher went right down on his right side and loosened him up so fast. Hmm. I mean, he went out to like a, a two and a half second lead after he, you know, after he did that to Truex and Truex ran him down. Yeah. He was right there at the end. So, Truex was extremely fast. Um, you feel they like that team's lot. getting hot at the right time? Maybe hot just a little early. To be hot for half a season is kind of tough. Yeah. But well, what, 14 you, races left to go? Uh, is that what it is, 13 or 14? Yeah, I think 14 for the season and then four for the regular season. They've got Indy. They've got Watkins Glen. They've got Daytona. Nope, oh, nope, that's it. Sorry, three races left to go in the regular season, 13 oh. in the season. It did a number there, and it uh, – actually did a number in our contest too yeah uh chase elliott uh his chances got a little bit hurt uh he is almost an entire race out of the uh 16th position he is 55 points behind uh but again a win at at the indy road course at watkins Glen resolves all of this and then uh they got daytona that that could uh it, it really i think <laughs> This is kind of one of those things of like, well, well, duh, but if you're the nine team, you have really got to focus on getting a win at Indy or Watkins Glen because a win gets you in good points. Pointing your way in at this point is going to be very, very difficult, especially with Daytona there. While he's good, he could easily get caught up in an early race accident. And then before you know it, your major superstar in the sport isn't participating in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, that is a very, very real possibility right now. I don't think 
he's going to make it. I don't, I'm not going to pick him to win either Watkins Glen or Indianapolis or uh, yeah, Indy. I don't think he's going to win either one of those races. I think he's going to be sitting out of the playoffs this year. Wow. That would be a big surprise. Uh, all right. Well, time left. We got left uh, with the time we have left uh, bad days for Kyle Bush. And uh, like I mentioned, Chase Elliott, along with William Byron, Alex Bowman, uh, Tyler Reddick. So, so Michigan seemed to be a bit of a uh, challenge for some of the guys that you would see typically finishing inside the top 20. I think that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks a lot for Stu Snyder for uh, hanging out with us in turn number one and talking about what happened down in Belleville. Uh, hats off to him and his crew for kind of owning up to it and saying it wasn't the Belleville scales. We scaled it at home. Uh, it was us. We were light. We were, uh, I think, 15-13 is the number he was talking about. So uh, couldn't have been easy coming on and talking about that. And uh, But that's why I like the guy, and that's why we like to have him on the show. So hopefully they'll be back out in a couple of weeks and we'll be hearing from him in Victory Lane with one of those high noon winners interviews. That's going to do it for us again on today's show. We're going to be back on Thursday with another edition of The Front Stretch. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been The Front Stretch Podcast presented by Joe's Carding and Quaker Steak and Lube. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube.